Hello and welcome to Meldon Law and Friends, your weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also with offices in South Florida covering the entire Tri-County area, Miami-Dade County through Broward all the way up to Palm Beach County and in Marion County in Ocala. Jeffrey Meldon, this is our, I think, 12th episode now yeah. of Meldon Law and Friends. It's It's been quite a ride. Yeah, we made it to a dozen. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we did. I mean, we were struggling that first one. Are we going to get another one? And we did. So I think uh, it's, it's been quite a success. Our producer was telling us we're getting up to 30, 40, maybe even 50,000 views per episode. It's very exciting. And I want to thank all of our listeners, viewers uh, for uh, supporting Meldon Law and Friends uh, podcast. And uh, we encourage you to uh, continue to uh, listen and view uh, our show. Today, we've got a great show, don't we? We, we do, because, you know, we, we, I guess you could say this is the trifecta of, <laughs> of, of heavyweight sports writers. Now, I don't mean that weight-wise, okay. you, you know, figuratively. but It's okay, Chris. We, we had Pat Dooley, of course, uh, this man's longtime friend and colleague. We had Alex Marvez, and now we have Robbie Andrew, Longtime writer, uh, beat writer for the Gainesville Sun. If I don't get all your credentials right, I apologize. That's but okay. they're, but they're, but they're very many. Yeah. And it's a real honor to be with you, Ronnie. Well, Robbie, thanks for having and, me uh, here, guys. I really appreciate it. You guys are on a roll right now. We kind of are. <laughs> we kind of are. You're hot. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you've seen so much. You know, we, we had Pat Dooley here a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I know you guys have a very unique story because you guys kind of joined at about the same time and had parallel careers. Well, actually, we grew up in St. Augustine. Both okay. of us were in high school together, played on the golf team. Both were roommates at University of Florida and in junior college, too. And then we ended up working together for 27 years at the Sun. So it's been kind of a, a remarkable run that we've had, <laughs> the two of us. So. so I got a question. In high school, when you were on the golf team together, who had the, uh, the lower um, handicap? Junior year was me. Senior year was Pat. I went into a slump my senior year. I was, <laughs> okay. I, was, I was miserable. It was like awful. How about now? Who has a lower handicap? Well, Pat, I don't really play a whole lot. So. Oh, so Pat, what kind of handicap does Pat have? Well, he can still break 80, I think, if you talk to him. Oh, okay. I can do that, but on the back nine, I'm not yeah, as good. He, yeah, <laughs> he's well, not, he's I not know. getting it real far, like you well, know, getting older, but he's still, you know, he hits it pretty good. Well, it, it was pretty cool. You came here in what, 93? 93. Actually, I moved up here in 89 for the Sun Sentinel, Fort Lauderdale, to cover okay. the team. So then in 93, I joined the Sun. So uh, from the standpoint of the history of Gator sports, uh, you came at an incredible time because 94, we make the Final Four uh, with Lon yeah. Kruger, right? I, you, I, I would have never imagined that. I mean, I was a student here in the mid-70s to early 80s with law school. And then, uh, yeah, I could never imagine when he finally made the Final Four. That had to be something to be oh, part of that. Yeah, unbelievable. It, you know, it was just an amazing run for a team. But you looked at it, you're thinking, how did, how did they get there? But, you know, they had great chemistry, played together well. And it was a, one of those amazing runs. And it kind of put up Florida on the map, basketball-wise. So did you get up to Charlotte to see that? Uh, uh, no, I, I didn't cover basketball back then. So Did you cover basketball later? No, I've, I've been strictly purely, football. Strictly football, yes. All right. Oh, okay. I've covered a few games, but mainly football is my thing. But I've covered every Spurrier game. and. So, Meyer game. so I was in Arizona in 95 when we got our ass kicked yeah, by that Nebraska. Was, that was a bludgeoning, okay? yes. Yeah. Now, you know. Kind of like the game earlier this week. Yeah. I, what I heard, you know, coming back is Spurs said, oh, we need faster linemen and we need to speed up uh, everything in our game. What's your take on that? What did Spurrier learn from uh, from the Nebraska game? Well, I think he learned that he, he hates to lose, but especially losing like that. I mean, after the game, the, the following day, we went to the hotel for a little gathering with him. I've never seen him that down mm. in my entire life. He was so down, depressed. And then he almost went to the Bucks after that. So oh, I think he, yeah. he came close to going to taking the Bucks job like a month later. Well, thank goodness he didn't. But then he, <laughs> then he stayed and had Danny Worf and all those seniors coming back. And, you know, they put together the, the run for a national title. And, you know, when I was a kid growing up, it used to be, you never even talked about a national title in football. Was can they win the SEC? Exactly. Time, yeah. You know, wait till next next year. For, for them to win, it was amazing and totally different. Spurrier changed all completely around the whole thing. And then you remember the heartbreak of that first supposed SEC championship was in the mid '80s, 
And then, of course, that got taken away. And then yeah, the 80, spur- 84, they, they won right. the first title. It lasted for about a month and a half. Right. And, and then it got stripped. Not right. And then well, the Spurrier, same thing. Yeah. So anyhow, so 1996, okay, I remember I was in New Orleans, okay, <laughs> yeah. for, for the game. But when we went there, uh, we didn't know whether or not we were going to be playing for a national championship. Well, yeah, it had to fall into place. Yeah, I, I think it was what Ohio State was playing Arizona State. And no, Jake it was the, Arizona. Jake Plummer it was Arizona State, right? I thought it was Arizona. Jake, it was Arizona, Arizona State. was it Jake the Snake or Arizona State? Arizona State. Yes. Yeah. Arizona. Okay, but anyhow, but they beat Ohio State. In Texas, beat Nebraska. Beat, beat Nebraska, that right, yeah. on that uh, fourth down little play. He yeah. threw a pass, and yeah, that and, was crazy. And all of a sudden, it, I was at the Marriott Hotel, and I remember everybody was gathered around. <laughs> and we were all, yeah, and, it's an eight, and people came out of their rooms and were cheering and yelling. It was one of the greatest moments ever for not, not, not being a game. It was yeah. unbelievable. Suddenly, you're playing for the national title, which was amazing. And then, you know, how, well, how did um, Spurrier – Respond after the loss to Florida State at the end of the regular season. What he, was his? He was uh, angry, really angry. And the, after that game, he took a few of us into his office. I remember that. Showed tapes of, of the late hits. <laughs> the late hits on Danny. Would be from the end zone, you'd see Warfel throw the ball. There's nobody in the picture. All of a sudden, somebody flies in and calls. Sure. You know, we're sitting there, and one of the writers, it was so bad that one of the writers kind of giggled. And he was he goes, this is nothing funny about this. This is, cri- this is criminal. Yeah, well. So I knew that they, he was very motivated going to that game. And he went into the shotgun with Werfel, and they kicked their butt. And that's what he, he That's, said, that's right. Play. I forgot about that. He, Danny was strictly under center yeah, up he, to that point. He's right. So yeah. He was very reluctant to go to the shotgun. But he learned from that loss in Tallahassee. Got to protect my quarterback in the best way, put him in the shotgun. So. Now, he had won. That was the fourth SEC season uh, title in, in a row. What, 93, yeah. 94, 95, 96. And then they went about three years without a title until 2000, Until 2000, yeah. What happened? Why did we start, uh, you know? Uh, well, I think part of it was the fact that the, the quarterback play wasn't what it had been with Warfel and them. Mm-hmm. We and had Jesse defense, Palmer, yeah. not quite as good. Yeah, yeah a little bit de- of a drop-off. Decent players, but, but not elite It was players. a good television it, reality. It, it was. <laughs> I mean, that's right. He's <laughs> gone on to be a much better TV star than The Bachelor, and now he's a sportscaster yeah. and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. So you think it was just the talent? That, yeah, and uh, it's, it's hard. To, when you get on top, it's hard to stay there. You know, you've got to recruit well, and you, things have got to go your way. And well, you, if you don't have an elite quarterback in that offense, it's going to – you're going to struggle, and they had some problems on defense as well at that point. I think, you know, and it's interesting. We had the head ball coach on a few weeks ago. Yeah. We, we were mainly talking about his restaurant, which is going to be amazing. But Yeah, I, I went by there the other day. It's going to be awesome. I, I heard him say, I, I remember as he got toward the end of his career here, that really the other teams started catching up. Yeah. You know, they started, as he said, throwing the ball around the ballpark pretty darn good. Yeah, you know? yeah <laughs> he, he changed how you play That's football right. in the SEC. And when he first got there, people would go, oh, this fun. This is never going to work. Never yeah. going to work. This is a running Physical running league. Sure. And he changed it. And he he elevated everybody else, and it became a throwing, passing, you know, wide open exactly, offense. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I remember it wasn't just Georgia, but it was Tennessee back then. Phil oh, yeah. Fulmer, and yeah. uh, you know, they were uh, national champs, and we were playing. FSU was hot, and yeah. you know, I mean, we we were playing a an incredibly tough schedule back then. Oh yeah. yeah. So. Uh, it hasn't changed. Let's, let's, let's talk about the game earlier this week. You know, yeah. today's Friday, but a few days ago we had the national championship game. What's the deal with Alabama? Are they just going to go on and on uh, you, and on again? I mean, that's Saban's, what, seventh? Seventh. Seventh national championship. And, and they they're just, favored to win next year already. So. You know, and, and that's with, you know, all the top talent is gone. But I guess they just reload and yeah. uh, have great people coming well, back. His, his recruiting has been phenomenal. And he knows how to stay ahead of the curve. Like, he... You could see college football going to this wide open offense a few years ago, and he adapted. You know, Steve Sarkeesian, the coordinator, and they they had made one of the best offenses in the history of college football this year, and they were pretty much unstoppable. And to me, it's amazing Florida hung with them the way they did. Really, in at the, the end of the day, game. we 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 had the we played them better than anybody else they did. the whole year. They, they did. Florida had a chance to win that game, and nobody else really did. So how how year. does Florida? up there um, recruiting to a point where we can compete with uh, teams like uh, Alabama. Yeah. Well, I think they, they can compete now. I think the talent level, there's not a huge difference there. And I think you need to maybe add a few elite recruits every year. And you, I think the way they've played lately, showing on the field what kind of ball you're going to play, I think that's going to help them in recruiting. 
and it, it's about relationships. And you know, he's getting out there and getting to know these kids now. It you really ain't. I, I found it interesting that you know the stars on the team last night. Some of them were three-star recruits. Yeah, yeah Mac Jones so, was, was by no was means an elite yeah. uh, quarterback coming out of high school. Yeah, and look what he did. And, and so how you know. How does a team like Alabama take a three-star recruit and turn him into a Heisman Trophy winner? Well, it's just like Mullen took a two-star recruit and sure. turned him into a Heisman <laughs> finalist. Yeah. Sure. Certain coaches and their staffs are good at developing talent. You know, a five-star in high school, that doesn't mean you're going to be a good college player. You have to be developed when you get there. So you see these guys that develop players like Saban and Mullen's doing that too, where you get them in there, they're all good athletes, you develop, develop and make them better. So when we look at the recruiting stats, you know how they, you know, have the average, you know, yeah. for mm-hmm. for Alabama, the, you know, if if it's out of uh, what is it, five stars or whatever, yeah. you know, their average is four point two or four point four or whatever, and our average is usually lower. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the thing I look we're not too far off. Yeah, though. but yeah. the thing I look at in recruiting, how you rate it, look at the offers that these kids have got. Mm-hmm. If you've got Florida signing a kid that's a three star guy, but Alabama and Georgia and those schools have offered, then you know that he's a prospect and a guy they really wanted. So that's kind of the way I judge it. We've got to take a break in just about a minute or so. One thing I want to talk to you about, we talked to your friend Pat Dooley about this, was let's talk about all the different coaches that you've covered. So you you literally have, I don't know how many it's been, but quite a few Florida head coaches. So let's talk a little bit, compare and contrast the different coaches and your thoughts maybe going forward for the future for the Gators. Well, Anyway, okay. we'll, we'll come to that okay. next we'll segment. We, 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 my producer is sitting here nodding to me saying, you got to wrap it up. <laughs> anyway, you are watching Meldon Law and Friends, a service of Meldon Law and Jeffrey Meldon, the guy who was the president, CEO, chief, bottle washer, everything for Meldon Law. I, I, I even empty the trash can. He does. He does. You're darn right. He comes to my office. Says, Chris, get that off your desk. Anyway. We do specialize in personal injury cases, big truck crashes, auto wrecks pedestrian, bicycle. We've even represented people on electric skateboards, all sorts of technology when you're in a major college town. And we handle criminal defense also, including DUI. Give us a call anytime, toll free statewide at 1-800-373-8000 or take a look at the World Wide Web, www.meldenlaw.com. On behalf of Jeffrey Meldon and myself, we thank you so much. We've had so much fun with this show, Jeffrey, and it seems like each week uh, it, we do a little better every single time. Yes, it's really great. And, uh, you know, for those of you that uh, have followed us on the sky in the past, we do a uh, live show every Saturday at 1030 called Meldon Mel- Law Talk Live. Meldon Law Talk Live. That's <laughs> right. And a similar loose format. So we'll talk more about that after the break. We'll be right back. The Melvin Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life. I was driving behind a lady, and very suddenly she moved out of the way. There was a log laying in the road, and when I hit my brakes, I went on top of the log. I had two herniated discs. I just haven't been the same since. Jeffrey Melden fought for me all the way. Him and his team really went there for me. Throughout the whole lawsuit, he made sure that my bills was paid. It was never no whenever I called him and asked him for something. Hello and welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends, the weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law with its primary office out of Gainesville, offices in South Florida covering the Tri-County area all the way up through Marion County, where we've had an office in Ocala for, what, 26 years, quite a while. Anyhow, Jeffrey, we have a big night tonight at the uh, O'Connell Center. We have a gymnastics meet against Georgia at 6.45 p.m. tonight. We are, of course, right now the Gator Gymnastics team, number one ranked in the country. It is a sold-out game, not the entire O'Connell Center, but with the socially distanced protocol. It's a sold-out game. It's a hot ticket, hottest ticket in town. And we want to thank everybody who applied for the promotion we did for that game. Congratulations to the winners. We gave out four, was it uh, 
four seats and a gift certificate to Harry's Bar, Harry's Restaurant here in, in Gainesville. So for, for the winner, congratulations. But we're going to be doing it again for the Missouri meet in two weeks. Yes. Uh, so uh, for those of you that follow Gator Gymnastics, uh, it's the number one team in the country. Normally, there's eight or nine or 10,000 people that mm -hmm. come into the O-Dome to see the gymnastic uh, team compete. And it's a really um, top-notch uh, Olympic level uh, performances. And uh, this week, uh, what we did was we put a package together. It, the game was sold out completely, but because Melden Law is the only official <laughs> law firm partner of the Florida Gators, we were able to score four great seats and we put together a $100 gift certificate to Harry's uh, Seafood Bar and Grill and uh, gave uh, the very lucky winner uh, four seats. And we intend to do it again for Missouri in That's two right. weeks. And so. Uh, so here's what we want you to do. You can go to MeldenLaw.com uh, to register or follow us on Facebook, Melden Law, and you will see when the announcement comes out for the Missouri game. Mm. And uh, it's going to be... Uh, Really cool. I call it Missouri game. It's a meat. It's a meat. It's a meat. It's a, meat. It's a gymnastics meat. <laughs> Got to get our told. nomenclature right. Yeah, but anyhow, it, it, we're really excited. You know, it's great that uh, we're able to enjoy uh, UF athletics and uh, things uh, have a certain normalcy to them, uh, even in crazy times. Well, like I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, going to the games, heck, for a big guy like me, it's kind of comfortable, you know? You sit back and take two seats instead of one and <laughs> stretch, and hey, what a game. But it, anyhow, but like Jeffrey said, if you want to, uh, for this upcoming Missouri promotion, same thing for those of you who uh, tried and may not have succeeded this time around, you'll get another chance. Go to the Melden Law Facebook page or to our, or our website, www.meldenlaw.com. Yes, and so thank you uh, for participating this uh, week. And again, go to uh, Melden Law on Facebook, and you will find out all kinds of information about our next uh, big giveaway. So I want to go back to our guest, Robbie Andrews, sports writer extraordinaire. How about it? Are you going to be applying for this? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I I know the guy. You know, yeah. maybe we got it at some in there. Maybe now, have you did you ever go to any of the other sports besides football to just yeah, watch I covered, them? Covered a lot of baseball. You did. Yeah, okay. I did some gymnastics, a few so, of those. So, what do you think about the Gator baseball team coming up this well, year? Well, they're ranked number one preseason, and I hope you know. And that stadium is amazing, and isn't what, it? Beautiful. What a stadium. It's Can you believe? It's incredible. I mean, you, you saw the evolution of the old stadium, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Remember when they used to have the pickup trucks in left field and they'd be drinking beer? And then you had that yeah. uh, little hill in the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the outfield. <laughs> having a hill out there. I know. It, it's like playing a golf course. You have, you know, the, well, the traps and stuff. Well, I don't know if you know this, but our longtime office manager, Abby Knight, was president of the Gator Baseball oh, yeah. Club. And so, so we might just let her do the baseball yeah, thing. Yeah, she used to be good friends with Al Hall when he was yeah. working the uh, game. Sun. Sun, yeah. yeah, and so <laughs> they would sit. They were in the pickup truck uh, crew out there in, uh, on the hill yeah. so that they could watch the game. And now you can drink <laughs> a beer legally, but back then you couldn't. But when oh, I was Abby in, would have never done that. When I was in college, though, we would sit on the left field bleachers. Uh, Pat was there. Yeah. We'd take a cooler of beer in there, and nobody said anything. It was yeah. unbelievable. They, they didn't see the minds. So, so, so things are different now. I want to ask you about an interesting statistic our producer told us. So you and uh, Dooley retired this, this past fall. Kentucky game was the last game. Kentucky game was your last game, and I heard the Gators treated you extraordinarily oh, it, well. It was unbelievable. Yeah, they, they threw a, an event, you know, sent you to the LSU game, treated you great. But interestingly, since you and Pat retired, the Gators went one and three. Boy, what's what's up with that? I, I mean, uh, <laughs> sounds like they something maybe, something happened karma wise. Us, yeah, maybe they want us to come back and kind of turn this thing back around. But uh, I think the yeah the the UAA uh, has to uh, <laughs> seriously consider at least uh, you know giving you some title so that we can yeah. uh, get the football team back in sync. Yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with who they were playing though. Even though the LSU game, I didn't see that one coming. So yeah, what, what was the deal with that? I think they took them. Took him lightly. I think yeah. they thought LSU's been bad all year. They've 
they've lost a but bunch of But they always players. have talent. They they're all, they're, they're they LSU, have. and we didn't have yeah. pits, of course. They don't put bad athletes on the field ever, and that they took them lightly, and they paid the price. So I asked you before the break on the last segment, let's talk a little bit about all the different coaches. I mean, you, you must have been here 89 for Gary Darnell for that yeah, little— Well, Galen Hall. Galen Hall, been, Gary Darnell, yeah. and then the head ball coach. All the way so up to Mullen now. Talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, Galen Hall, he was a really good guy to be around. He was real friendly with the media. And I felt real bad for him because he kind of got sacrificed there with the, the violation, kind of a well, not a big deal, but Florida had been in trouble before, so they had to had to get rid of him, which opened the door for Spurrier, which was a no-brainer to get him to come back. And covering Spurrier was unbelievable. He was a guy that there was never a dull moment around him. It was unbelievable. Was there a choice when they uh, decided to uh, hire uh, Spurrier? I mean, were there other coaches in the running that you were Yeah, but I can't remember who they were now when I look back <laughs> on it. Because to me, he was such a, a no-brainer that if you can win at Duke, like what, he did. What I remember. Yeah, that's right. How amazing. do you win the ACC yeah. you know, with we, Florida we, State uh, playing? You can probably yeah. tell me, but we played some disastrous bowl game that Saturday, and it was you know a shame for Darnell because he did In the California. best he could. Yeah, I can't remember the bowl game. And we got just destroyed. And the very next morning, Jeremy Foley calls a press conference and announces the head ball coach. Yeah, I love that <laughs> opening. The opening press conference is great. He, we're going back to blue jerseys. We're right. tearing up the artificial turf, and we're going to play Miami again. So I think that he had a vision for what he wanted Florida football to be, and you know he 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 made an elite program. It was amazing. We had Shane Matthews on, you know, a couple of weeks ago too, and he reminisced about that very first drive against Oklahoma State. Oh, that you was know. unbelievable. Well, because you know the head ball coach, being what he is, he's going to put the best person on the field that has the best chance to lead the team to victory. Nobody knew who Shane Matthews was. Yeah. This kid from Mississippi. You know, boosters and fans were like, "Well, wasn't he fourth on the depth chart?" Actually, all of a I think sudden, he was further down. I think he was like seventh. And seventh bing, 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 takes us right down the field. And they're like, oh, okay, now we got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, he, he, know, he, he know, nobody knows quarterbacks better than Spurrier. And, you know, if you do it in practice and show you can do it, he didn't believe in gamers. He, you've got to do it in practice. And that's what Shane did. He, he established himself. And then when he got into that orange and blue game that spring, that first spring, he lit it up and won the job. Sure. That was pretty cool. Well, I wanted to ask you, Robbie, how would you compare the personalities of the coaches? Let's start with uh, Spurrier and Urban Meyer, their personalities, how they interacted with uh, the sports writers, and, and just you know, what you saw. Yeah, they're, they're totally different. And the thing about Spurrier was that he, he was always entertaining, but always friendly with the media. The thing about him, football coaches, I don't want to say lie, but they kind of stretch the truth a little bit. <laughs> he, he never did that. Spurrier was a guy that was always truthful and always honest. If a guy was hurt, he'd tell you. He would say who's going to play, who's not going to play. And that's the thing with him. He is a guy that believed in always telling the truth, and it was that was the way it was around us. And mm-hmm. So what about uh, Urban Meyer? Meyer was more, more one of the, a tough old school coach, you know, that heavy into discipline. I know that people wonder about what happened, some of the stuff that happened off the field and the character of some of the guys he recruited. But like I tell people, he recruited guys that everybody else recruited too, and sometimes you get trouble, and that's well, what he got into. But he was kind of an old school, old school coach. That you know, you can't Ohio. deny he was a winner everywhere well, he went. No, yeah. Yeah. So he was he a, in the Woody Hayes model? No, he wasn't quite. That. <laughs> Where he punches a guy running down the sidelines. No, I think Urban, Remember that Clemson game, Gator Bowl? Yeah. yeah. I think Urban may have come yeah. close to wanting to punch somebody, a writer. Yeah. But he never did. He All never right. done that. A couple of quick things. We, we, we're going to have to wrap up in about two minutes. Um, say a couple of words about Dan Mullen. But I also want you, I asked the same question of your friend, Pat Doolin. He also asked Alex Marvez. What advice would you give a young person getting into sports journalism? So maybe start with Mullen, then talk about that. Okay, what, what did you want to know about Mullen? Well, just, so just your, your, your thoughts as to maybe, you know, how he's doing, your thoughts he, for yeah, the future. He, he's done a great job of getting yeah. the program back to where it should be. This year he made a couple of missteps and, you know, talking about filling the stadium, things like that. So he's taken some criticism, sure. which is, you know, Gator fans turn on you in a hurry, and they've done <laughs> that with him a little bit. But, you know, he, I don't think— I he, love his passion, though. Yeah, I, I, I love his passion, yeah. and uh, I think the players respond to it and so forth. They so do. I think we're going to look at good Are things. Gator fans um, any more critical— than other uh, teams say in the SEC? They're all the same. They're all the same. I've been to Tennessee games. Yeah. But but quickly then, what would you say for somebody, you know, my son, you know, yeah. for example, Benny is looking to get into sports journalism. His best friend, Jesse, same thing. He's a journalism student about to start at UF. What would you tell these kids? Well, I think now, you know, when I was in school, it was you, your 
uh, go to, into journalism, you're going to write for a newspaper, whatever. Now you need to go in there and get and ed be educated about social media and video and all this other stuff. It's not just writing or whatever. Sure. It's, you've got to branch out and learn how to do all this other stuff. And they're they're teaching that over there now. So there's a thirst for content, though. That'll never I mean, go yeah, away. There's always going to be a need for content. People Actually, it may be more in some ways. I well, mean, yeah, when I grew up, you know, you had you know the morning newspaper. And, uh, you know, there was different uh, ways to, you know, reach people, but it was really very, very limited. Now yeah, yeah. you've got 40, 50, 60 platforms that you can use. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah and, on, and on that note, my producer's telling me I need to remind everybody about the different platforms where you can watch and listen to the Meldon Law and Friends podcast. Of course, we are on Facebook. Go to the Meldon Law Facebook page. We are also on YouTube. You can listen to it wherever you are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, CastBox. I need to look into what that is. <laughs> Overbean or Podbean, excuse me, or any of the other 39 platforms where you can find this podcast or your favorite podcasts. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe. So you don't miss an episode. Robbie, thank you so much for being here. And Thanks for having me. We, we seem to say this every time. We, it's like we run out of time and we're going to have you back soon. Yeah, it went and real he, quick. Yeah, and, hear, and hear about more things you're doing. And, okay, uh, I'm glad to come know, back anytime. Personally, I'm a huge fan of what you wrote. And well, thank thanks you. so much for all the great things you did covering Gator sports. Yeah, thank you again. I feel like we just scratched the surface, but it's fun oh, yeah. being able to get out here and talk yeah. about some of this oh, stuff. Yeah. And, you, you know, you and Pat had such incredible insights as to what went on in the Gator program over the last 30 years. It's really an honor to have you here. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks we'll be, for having me. We'll be right back with another segment for Meldon Law and Friends. Thanks for watching. I was riding as a passenger in my friend's vehicle. A fellow ran a stop sign and we T-boned him. Had neck and shoulder and knee injuries and didn't know what to do. And I remember seeing one of Jeffrey's ads. So I gave him a call. He explained everything to me. I'd go see him and everything was done. Everything was taken care of. Don't waste your time with anybody else. Go see Jeffrey. I thought I was in a truck accident. Because of the accident, I resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV, and guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative that he shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home. And we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. Hello and welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law, a law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also with an office in South Florida covering the entire Tri-County area, Miami-Dade County through Broward County, all the way up through Palm Beach County and also with an office in Marion County in Ocala. My name is Chris Qualman, co-host of the show, along with Jeffrey Meldon, president and founder of Meldon Law. And uh, once again, you know, a terrific show today. Uh, we had a great couple of segments with Robbie Andrew. And tell you what, this thing has really grown more than I think you and I thought it would when we started this two and a half months ago. Yes, we're at episode number 12, and uh, we encourage everybody to go onto our uh, Facebook page, Meldon Law and Friends, and take a look at some of the other really cool uh, segments that we've had, and you will uh, enjoy them. Uh, we had the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier, on. And, uh, yeah, we've had, and, and what we try to do is, you know, we conceptualize this, or I should say you did, is we don't want this just to be another law show. We want to bring in community leaders. And with that thought in mind, we brought somebody today who I've been wanting to bring for a long time, Natalia Bannister, who is, to call her a transformative leader in Alachua County is an understatement. She is just... A wonderful human being, but uh, more than that, she's just a terrific leader. The work she has done with the Pace Center for Ghouls, for girls, ghouls, <laughs> girls, and many other things she has done. We're going to talk about that. So happy to have you on the show, Natalia. Oh, thank you so much. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you deserve all of those accolades. So for, for the viewers and listeners, we're actually on multiple platforms who may not be familiar with the PACE Center for Girls. Okay. Why don't you explain a little bit about what that is? Sure. Um, PACE Center for Girls, let me just start by saying it is definitely hard work. Your heart has to be in it. It is one of the most powerful missions I've ever been um, tied to. And I've worked with other nonprofits in the past and just 
Pace Center for Girls really gives girls an opportunity where they thought they never had a shot at life Mm -hmm. for a better future. Our girls have experienced tremendous trauma throughout their life, whether it's been sexual abuse, um, whether it has been severe poverty and all the unique challenges that comes with living in severe poverty. Some of our girls are really challenged with mental health issues, which is widespread amongst not just our county, but all over the U.S. And our job is truly to find out the root cause of what's going on with that girl. She may be failing in school. She may be getting into some issues in school socially. But we know that there's a why behind that. And that's really our job is to find out that why and find out what they're good at. Focus on that. Give them the mental health counseling and academic services that they deserve and need. Get them caught up in school and have them flourish into the beautiful butterflies that they are so that they can contribute to this beautiful community that we love so much. So can you give us a little idea of the structure of PACE? You know, I know you have a a building, right? And talk a little bit about, you know, what goes on day to day out there. Oh, boy. I mean, (laughs) it's like a reality show, a school. It's just it's a really, really fun place to be at. If you can imagine being with 60 teenage girls every day. Um, Unfortunately, many of our girls have been through a lot of challenges. So when they first come, it's not always really easy for them. But the most amazing thing is when um, I can give an example of a girl who um, she's always dear to my heart. She would always wear her hoodie and cover her head constantly. And it took months and months and months of her to finally like take her hood down. And you start to see that smile. And it comes from her truly just finding her voice and her confidence because she's always had it there. She just needed that encouragement. So we are a day school. We have an academic department. We have a mental health services department. Um, we also have a fundraising department yes, <laughs> because all we'll of, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, all of our services are 100 percent free to every single girl that comes to pay. So not only are they getting their academic services, a personalized mental health counseling, uh, we offer them um, community service in the community because we really want to equip them to after they leave Pace to be as strong as they can going into um, the, the whatever career they choose to go into and off to college. And I know that uh, you have an extraordinary success rate in terms of girls coming to your program, like you said, from all yeah. kinds of issues. Some of them have home problems. Yeah. Some of them brought to you by the Department of Juvenile Justice, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. But talk a little bit about the success rate. Sure. It is absolutely phenomenal. I can talk about it from seeing it with my own eyes, but the data shows that, I mean, our girls are coming in with at least three risk factors. Many of them, most of them have abuse as one of those risk factors, poverty, um, sometimes mental health issues, or a parent who is incarcerated. Sometimes both parents have passed away. So when you look at those odds, they've been dealt a pretty rough deck of cards in life. And um, what we've really helped them realize is it's not their fault. And after a while, when they start to find themselves and increase their academic performance, because that's going to come with the mental health support and the counseling, because how can you thrive in a classroom setting if you're battling mental health issues or you're battling, what am I going to eat tonight? So we address those issues. And because of that, our girls, 90% of them are in college or employed after they leave PACE, after one year of leaving PACE. So I have a question. Um, You're you're a day school. Yes. Um, How do you um, deal with the fact that the uh, students have to go back to the setting that created the problem? That's a great question. (laughs) So we do have a transitions program because that is something that we think about a lot. Because some, uh, you know, school is not a one size fits all. And sometimes when they go back, it's not easy for them. For many of our girls, they'll go off and do wonderful. For some of our girls, they'll graduate at pace. They can stay up to two years. Sometimes they come back and we welcome them back with open arms if this is the place they need to be at. But we will um, graduate many of our girls from pace and they get a diploma from the Alachua County Public Schools um, District where we are partnered with. So, Sometimes when they go back to regular school, some, again, some girls will thrive, some girls will struggle, and our transition services counselor will go up there, work with the counselors up there if they need to. They'll stay in touch with us. We stay in touch with the families. Um, we have a saying called, once a pace girl, always a pace girl. So it doesn't matter what, how long they leave. They always will have that and support really, from us. Yeah, I wanted to just follow up on this real quickly. 
So if if you have a dysfunctional home yeah. and they're coming to you, but every night they go back to this dysfunctional home, say when somebody first enters, yeah. okay, how, what are some of the um, techniques you use to deal with that situation? Well, that's a phenomenal question. And that's actually part of the PACE model is that you, every parent or guardian must meet with our counselors and teachers once a month because we know without the support of the family that the girl's success, it's going to be extremely difficult to get her to be successful at PACE. So it is a requirement when they sign up and we go through a extensive intake process to make sure that when this girl comes to PACE that we know we can successfully serve them. And that also includes the family's willingness to be a part of this process. So what happens if the family... You know, the you know, one parent's in prison, another one is a drug addict, mm -hmm. and they just are non-responsive. What do you do then? A lot of times our girls will have another guardian, like a grandmother or an aunt that steps mm -hmm. in when they have parents that are not in the best position to make the decisions for them. And we'll work with that guardian when we when we need to. Sometimes they are appointed to the state and we'll work with with the whoever is at the state, that's their point of contact. But regardless, we're making sure we get every adult involved in their life that we can. Your staff, of course, has very unique training. Yes. Of course, they are trauma-informed. We, we mm -hmm. only have about a minute or two before we take a break, but sure. say a couple of words about that, how your staff gets this unique training. Um, it would take me a long time to talk <laughs> about all their trainings, but they are trauma-reformed, gender-responsive. Okay. Um, and I will just say, uh, just to kind of cut out all the, the, the mental health and, and clinical talk, they are full of love. And I that's think that's what line. our girls yeah. truly need is that we call it pace love, is that love that they may have never felt before. And every single one of our staff comes equipped with that. Well, I think your school does amazing work. And we'll continue to talk with Natalia Bannister after the break. Want to remind everybody you are watching Melden Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by <laughs> Melden Law statewide law firm with its primary office founded by this man, Jeffrey Meldon, in Gainesville, Florida. We are in our sixth decade of operations, started in the early 70s. We have offices in South Florida covering the entire Tri-County area, also in Marion County. In fact, a brand new building we're about to open in a month or so. Or so. so lots of big things on the horizon. Take a look at our website, www.meldenlaw.com, or give us a call anytime toll-free, 1-800-373-8000. We'll be right back with Natalia Bannister. And I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help and they will help you. I've done mornings here on Sky Radio for 17 years. Jeffrey Meldon started doing his weekend show here 16 years ago. One of the things that separates Jeffrey is I don't see him out there hollering for people's business. I see him out there investing in the community. He's touched a lot of lives, and a lot of it he'll never know what a difference he made in somebody's life about information that he has shared on the air. Hello and welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. Today is Friday, the 15th of January, the Ides of January. You've heard the term Ides of March, it's the middle of January. Hard to believe we're already two weeks into 2021. Uh, Jeffrey, I know we've got some great things on the horizon that we're going to talk about a little bit later, but uh, got to admit, it's off, we're off to a good start. Yes, and we're uh, so grateful to everybody uh, who's uh, listening and watching uh, this podcast, and we uh, encourage you to go to Melden Law and Friends on our Facebook page and uh, check out some of our other podcasts. we got quite a few. We're starting to build up a, <laughs> a library, <laughs> quite a library. We have two guests every every show. So this is the 12th. We'll have 24. So quite a variety of wonderful people. And speaking of wonderful people, again, want to welcome again, Natalia Bannister, an amazing leader, an amazing spokesperson. Just the work you've done with, with the Pace Center for Girls is just so incredible. And certainly your organization thrives on funding. Yes. I know you get some funding from the state legislature each year, but one thing we were talking about during the break is the fact that a lot of community leaders, including Mary Wise, you know, mm -hmm. the volleyball coach for the University of Florida has been so involved in fundraising with you. Yeah, she is 
absolutely incredible. And I always tell her she's one of our biggest cheerleaders mm -hmm. um, for Pace. She's been involved with us for over 20 years. So well before our, I've come to Pace, and I've been at Pace six years, and she hasn't taken her foot off the gas. She's at every event that she can make it to. She wears her Pace pin. She always says that um, <laughs> the most winningest team is Pace Center for Girls. And I, you know, from the most winningest coach, it's really amazing to hear her say that. Um, but she really does believe in our mission. She's been um, heading our golf tournament for about 20 years now. And that's every April. So we hope to see more people there, especially during times like this where hopefully we're and, having... And on that point, how yeah. have you coped with COVID? I mean, when I speak to you, your, your organization, how has Pace dealt with that? Um, I, I know we use the word pivot. Everyone's tired of hearing that word, but we pivoted just like, like every, everybody else <laughs> yeah we went remote for um for several months and our girls actually did a really really good job our staff did a good job um our girls were absolutely compromised though i mean many of them went back to living situations or um whatever the issues they came in with were were worse actually if they were living in poverty Many of them lost their jobs. A lot of our girls, we helped get jobs. They lost their jobs. Their parents lost their jobs. So we became not just pay center for girls with academics and mental health, but we were dropping off food weekly. We were making sure their daily um, needs of living were met, whether it was paper towels or cleaning products. And that was a result of the, our wonderful giving community. And I heard you actually had you had to get them laptops. And, yeah. th and that required some community support as well. It did. We have such a generous community. I can't say it enough. Gainesville is a wonderful place for Pace to be because people here really do invest in our girls' futures. And we had many donations for laptops. Um, but we also had to add many more girls to our roster because so many more girls were vulnerable during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it became, um, there were a lot of expenses we didn't expect. Let me ask you this, uh, Natalia. If, if we want to donate, what's the easiest way to donate? The easiest way is to go to paycenter.org and choose the Alachua Center and make a donation right on our page. You can also contact our center um, at our on our website. There, I know you do tours. There. I know quite quite frequently somebody may not be familiar and you do tours. So if somebody wanted to do a tour of the facility, same thing, they would just contact the yeah, school? Yeah, they would just contact the school. And when things kind of calm down a little bit, we'd love to have more and more tours. People are astounded when they come to the center, not because of the center, not because of us, but because of the girls. Because of the girls, yes. And um, yeah. are there other PACE organizations around the state and yeah. country? Tell, can you tell, first of all, what's PACE stand for? It, it used to be an acronym, but it isn't anymore. So it's just PACE. And we're 1501C3, and we're across the entire state of Florida. We've even moved into Georgia, starting something called REACH, a REACH program. Um, so we're all in every large county within the state. So we're serving thousands and thousands of girls, and we've served over 35,000 girls in this state. Where, where did it get started? It got started in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh. and, and 35 years ago. And then it came to Gainesville about 20 years ago? It came to Gainesville 21 years ago. So the important point, you made this earlier, is that if you want to give to Pace Center for Girls, Hit the Alachua County tab. Yes. Correct? I want to be sure. One thing I wanted to talk about, I remember a little over a year, maybe a year and a half ago, you opened the Butterfly Center. Yeah. And that was just quite an amazing thing because I heard a little bit of the story that Keith Perry, of course, a state senator, very well known, kind of got things started a little bit. Maybe explain how yeah. that happened. We have been connected with Keith for a while. He does a wonderful job um, really advocating for funding for us in our state line budget. Um, but when we told him we needed a new building because we doubled the amount of girls we were serving in a really quick time. And we said, we need more space. And we were doing a tour with him, getting him updated on all of our new things going on. And he said, I'm going to give you the roof. Now, the funny story about that roof is it was half the size before he committed to it. <laughs> Guess <laughs> what, Keith? We need a bigger roof. So we called him back and he was like, oh, OK, you, you, you've got you've got my word. You've got the roof. So he did build the roof. And we also had quality plumbing involved. Sure. And uh, Brian Nasworth led our capital campaign from a community standpoint. And he did a phenomenal job making sure that it was the most beautiful building our girls could have. It really is amazing. I guess the point is, once Keith jumped on board, then the dominoes started to fall. It did. It did. Everyone called their friend and everyone who, who really wants to invest in girls in our community. And we were just overwhelmed by the response. So 
What's your next big project coming up in the next year or two? <laughs> Our next big project, truly, we have a, a few that were in the works before the pandemic, but we're not going to stop. We really want to pay our mortgage off so that we can serve more girls in the community. So we're going to start a burn the mortgage campaign so that that money can go directly to serving more okay. girls on our waiting list. So if somebody wants to give again, they mm -hmm. go to the pace.org. Correct. And the mm -hmm. Mary Wise Golf uh, found, uh, Foundation, the, the, the fundraiser, the tournament. The tournament. When did, are you planning to do that again? We are planning to do it. We're in the planning stages now. It's going to be in April. Okay. Um, and if you go to the website, all that information will be there as well. And there is a Facebook page for the Mary and Wise we'll, we'll Golf And we'll put a graphic up on, on the show, you know, that, that tells people yeah. where to go. I wanted to ask you, um, you're still a PhD uh, You are, that's student, pretty right? amazing. So, so, so how are you coming along with that? Oh gosh, I have to talk myself back into it <laughs> weekly, but um, I have about one year left. I'm really, really excited. My concentration is on executive leadership. Um, I'm really focused on, I really tied my job into this. I've seen that our girls many times have heard the narrative that trauma leads to tribulations in life. And I really have worked hard on studying that trauma also builds resilience. It also builds it persistence. And so when you go through challenges, it really builds you up in other ways. And people don't talk about the positives enough. So I'm trying to link the positives through my research to give our girls something solid to look at so that they can look at the positive outcomes of what they've been through and really turn their lives around and change this narrative that every time you go through something terrible that your life is going to end up terrible because it's just not true. So what, let me ask you this. Uh, five years from now, where's uh, Natalia Bannister <laughs> going to be? Oh, boy. I, I, whenever I get asked that question, I, 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 the answer is I'm not sure. I want to be wherever I'm most impactful. And right now, I'm focused on making sure I elevate the voices of our girls, making sure that I change the narrative from trauma to triumph, I really want to make sure that our girls have a fighting chance, and not just in Alachua County, but all over the state of Florida and beyond. You, you don't know this, Jeffrey, but she gave a TED Talk last year at the <laughs> University of Florida. I had the honor and privilege of being in the <laughs> audience to hear this dynamic human give this amazing TED Talk. So, yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot. Talk a little <laughs> bit about that. I mean, it was incredible, and I know um, there are rules and you know, very specific uh, ways in which you have to do this. So talk a little bit about that. It was quite intense, but I felt I was really, really passionate about the message. It was called The Power of Leading with Love. And I realized that um, through my leadership, I didn't really have a playbook. I had to figure out what leadership model really worked for me. And as a woman leading other women, I didn't have many models to look at. Mm -hmm. And I realized that just being my authentic self and showing genuine love and compassion to others, that is a leadership tool. In fact, it's the most powerful leadership tool we can all use. And people look at love usually as romantic or familial. And there's agape love as well. It's loving okay. your neighbor. And when you apply that into how you treat people, it really does go a long way. When people feel seen, heard, and cared for, people want to do good work. So I think it's really important to really love the people you work with, love your mission. And if love isn't in the middle of it, what are we really fighting for? I think we need to show that TED Talk at the <laughs> next uh, Melden Law Zoom meeting. And, and on that point, where can people see your presentation? Oh, it's on YouTube. Um, you look up my name, Natalia Bannister. It's called The Power of Leading with Love. That's great. So you've had thousands and thousands of views on that TED Talk. <laughs> it was I, and I know at UF because I'm still really connected. Uh, a lot of the students watch it. Um, some classes show it for different things. And um, so, yeah, I'm really excited I also about saw that. that you did the Dale Carnegie course at some point in the past. I did. Well, I'm going to be taking that in about a week or so. <laughs> Uh, Carrie Meldon, you know, was was on it, and we had uh, Bob Ganzak, the you know local uh, facilitator, on that. So yeah, uh, that's a wonderful program, isn't it? Yeah. How, how did it uh, help you as far as your leadership skills? I thought it was an incredible way to increase the skills that I had. Um, I did um, a communications, human relations and communications course, and my doctoral program actually sponsored it for me. They've really been doing a wonderful job investing in my leadership. And I was able to take a lot of that and apply it to just my professional development. And um, I won a few awards through that program. And that was really exciting because I wasn't, 
I wouldn't say I wasn't trying hard. It was just like coming naturally. Sure. It was, it was would, an exciting experience. Would you recommend it to other people? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Chris, how, how can folks get involved with the Dale Carnegie course? It's starting about a week from now. Well, we're going we're, we're to put a graphic up so uh, we can remind people. Um, our, our good, very good friend and uh, producer Freddie Weeby is involved in that as well. So, yes, there is a, a course coming up in Gainesville and gosh, let, less than two weeks. Uh, so we'll we'll have some more information on that. We had Bob Ganzak actually on the show a couple of weeks ago. But Natalia, I just want to thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, it seems like every time we get a guest like you, you know, we, we could go on and on and on. Uh, but the work you do is just so wonderful and so important. And I know I speak for Jeffrey and the firm and urging everyone to take a look at the website for Pace Center for Girls, Alachua County. Uh, the work, the transformative work they do with young at Promise Girls, not at, at risk, at, at Promise, Promise Girls yes. is quite amazing. And it cuts across all politics, all socioeconomic Absolutely. boundaries. And we urge you to take a look at that and uh, give them a call. Look at their website if you want to give a donation. What, I, think, I, th the, I think we need to look at that. Yeah, what's the website again to donate? It's paycenter.org. And I encourage anyone, since this is multi-county, to look at their local pay sure. centers. They all need support. And our statewide organization is always looking for support. Well, so. you can count on Melden Law to continue Hold to that. help. Okay? <laughs> you heard it. We heard it. It's, it's there for posterity. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, again, you are watching Melden Law and Friends, a, a weekly podcast of the Melden Law Firm based in Gainesville, Florida with our offices also in South Florida, covering the entire Tri-County South Florida area, Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County, and of course, all the way up through Central Florida in Ocala. And the goal of this show, Jeffrey, from day one, is we wanna bring in guests who make an impact on their community. We've certainly done that today. And do you know what? We wanna urge people, if you're watching, listening, if you have suggestions on heroes in your community, leaders, we wanna hear from you. Yeah, I would just say, uh Go to the uh, Facebook page for uh, Melden Law and Friends. Uh, you can uh, leave a comment, and uh, we'd be glad to uh, bring on more. We're, we're always looking for uh, great leaders in the community. We certainly had one today. Again, thank you very much, um, Natalia. We wish you the very best of luck. We'll be pleasure. right back with Melden Law and Friends. Being a client at Melden Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to and I felt welcome by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him. Hello and welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. Today is Friday, January 15th, 2021. Jeffrey, we've had another great show. I want to thank our two amazing guests. And you never know quite how it's going to work out until they're here. But again, it just went so well. You know, Robbie Andrew, of course, talking about his great career covering the Gators as long as he did. And then just a wonderful presentation from Natalia Bannister and the great work she does with Pace Center for Girls. I want to tell everybody it's extraordinary being here in person with these folks. They, uh, they really are the, uh, the core of, uh, of our community, and they understand Gator sports uh, <laughs> better than anybody. Natalia is involved with Pace, but she's also a huge Gator fan. Yeah, and uh, she talked about Mary Weiss, who we, I don't want to give anything away, but maybe down the road we might have Mary Weiss, Coach Weiss, on the show. We'll see what happens. But speaking of sports, you might be wondering why this guy is uh, – wearing this cool shirt, and we talked about it last week, what an event it was at the Kentucky game. Yes, the, the end result was disappointing, the Gators lost, but it was Melden Law Day at uh, the O'Connell Center last Saturday. You and I were both there, and it, it was really, it was, it was amazing. I mean, yeah, it was a smaller crowd than usual, but we had, what, 22, 2,300 people there, and people wore the shirts. Yeah, so when you walked in on every seat, yeah. Uh, one of yeah. our shirts was uh, laying out. Everybody the, got one, yeah. Everybody got one. Said the chomp on the front, you know, and uh, of course, the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, Melden Law. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, look, Melden Law is here for the long term to support the community, and also uh, we're very, very proud to support uh, the Gators and uh, Gators sports program is as good as any program in the country. 
And uh, it's an amazing uh, experience being able to uh, give this um, uh, support to the Gators, particularly in a COVID year. Uh, we started it in one of the uh, biggest uh, challenges sure. for the Gators. I mean, to get through a football season, uh, to be, you know, having basketball games and all of this is pretty so, cool. So we are still giving away the shirts. That's the good news. If you didn't make it to the game, and you may have heard us talk about this on the podcast last week, that you can still go to the Meldon Law Facebook page and you can leave a comment. You can leave a comment either on this episode, the one we just did today with Robbie Andrew and Natalia Bannister, or you can go to the old episode we had. It doesn't matter. We just want you to go to our page, go to the Meldon Law Facebook page, leave a comment and say, I want a shirt and we will send you a shirt. We've, we've still got some left. I got to say, maybe I'm a little biased, but I've been to a lot of these promotions at the O-Dome in the past. This is the best shirt I swear I've ever seen. I mean, I love the unique design. It's You've never seen this design for Chomp before. And plus, it's got our name on it on the back. But it's a great shirt. We're giving it away free, no strings attached. All you need to do is just go to the Facebook page for Meldon Law, and there'll be a link. Say, I want a shirt. We'll send you a shirt. Yeah, and I want to um, tell everybody that the response so far has been incredible. Yeah, we had a couple of hundred, I mean, at least. I don't know what the final number was last week, but we still have some left. So uh, we want you to keep it going. You know, hey, maybe you got one already. You want to get another one for a friend or family member. That's okay. Leave a message or leave a, a comment. I want a shirt. And um, again, we want to remind everybody that tonight uh, there is a gymnastics meet. We talked about it at the beginning of the episode. Number one ranked Gators tonight at 6.45 p.m. at the O-Dome against Georgia. We know that's going to be a great meet. We've got Mizzou, Missouri coming up in two weeks. A lot of big Gator events coming up. Yeah, and uh, we gave away four tickets uh, to this sold-out meet against Georgia plus a $100 gift certificate to Harry's Seafood Bar and Grill. So we really want to uh, encourage people to uh, go to uh, our Facebook page, Melvin Law, uh, and keep up to date with uh, some of the uh, giveaways. So one thing done. I want to do is I want to cut to, there's actually a video, a video that was shot at the game on Saturday against uh, Kentucky that shows uh, the Melden Law Day. I think you might even be in that video, I you and Carrie. So. so let's take a look at that video. Gator Nation, welcome to the O'Connell Center for tonight's game as your Florida Gators take on the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Jeffrey Meldon of Meldon Law, and we would all like to welcome you on behalf of our partners and employees in Gainesville, Ocala, and South Florida. And I'm Kerry Meldon with Meldon Law, and we're excited to deliver tonight's game ball for tip-off from Meldon Law, where we won't back down, the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. Let's get rowdy reptiles, go Gators! Let's root on the Florida Gators tonight as they take on the Kentucky Wildcats. Go Gators! Gators!
was a great video, I gotta say. You know, it, uh, I could see the enthusiasm in you and Carrie. You, you didn't get to actually hand the basketball like they normally would, but you guys still had a lot of fun. Next year, we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> next year, you'll be, and next week, we'll be back with another episode of Meldon Lawn Friends. Thanks so much for watching. Catch us on YouTube, catch us on Facebook, catch us on many audio platforms. Thanks again for watching.